0: Welcome to the Nutrition Ish podcast, the place for all things nutrition and mindfulness. We are passionate about guiding you to make peace with food and empower your body and brain. I'm one of your hosts, Allie Hobson. I'm an NTP, nutritional therapy practitioner in San Diego. I work with individuals to assess personal nutritional deficiencies and imbalances by addressing the root cause of any health issue. In my private practice, I focus on women's hormones, gut health, and thyroid dysfunction. Let's meet my co-host.
1: I'm Chelsea Gross, a certified transformational nutrition coach based in Los Angeles. I work one-on-one with women who are ready to break free from dieting, make peace with food, and create a life they love filled with energy, self-love, and freedom from rules and obsession. I'm also the creator of the ebook Break Free from Disordered Eating. Remember our disclaimer. This podcast is intended to be informative and entertaining and should not replace medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. We are so excited you're here. Let's get to the episode.
0: You're listening to episode 45 of the Nutrition-ish Podcast. Hi. Hello. I wish you guys What's could up? all see how pretty Chelsea looks right now. Oh my God, <laughs> thank you. I, know. I got on. I was like, whoa, what do we got going on? <laughs>
1: Like, nothing.
0: <laughs> well... No, I've been
1: I've been testing out a lot of makeup and adjusting my makeup routine
0: a little because I joined Beauty Counter, which is, Woo! like, the best news of my life because I've been trying and just, you know, suggesting how much I know she would love doing it with me for a little bit. Yes. But yeah. that's the thing with anything. You have to do it when it's right for you and when you feel like you have the right time, so... <laughs> Exactly, and you want to know what took me over the edge? Please, tell me. In
1: a good way, (laughs) is the Necessary Neutrals Eyeshadow Palette. I sound like a commercial, but it's just because the name is like Necessary Neutrals, but I am obsessed with this eyeshadow palette, and I've never, like, I've been operating off of one eyeshadow for like six months, this gold shimmery one, and now I'm learning how to like line my crease and go over my like whole lid and under my eye, and I am having so much fun. And I was like, I love makeup. I love skincare. I love beauty. And also, my clients ask me all the time what I use and how they can transition to saver products. And what I like most about Beauty Counter is it's a one-stop shop where you can feel just safe and taken care of, that your products are going to be of the utmost quality. And they're super transparent. And I just... I don't know, just all of a sudden clicked for me that eyeshadow palette, and I was just like, why aren't I doing this?
0: <laughs>
1: and um, yeah, so I joined with Allie, and it's been really fun. So okay. yeah, I'm just experimenting with makeup. I did a whole kind of holiday look. I know the holidays were a little while ago, and you guys hear this, but I put this sheer lipstick on in the color Rose by Beauty Counter, and I'm loving it. I never wear lipstick, so it's just opening my
0: eyes and getting a little pretty good I'm so, glad. I'm so glad <laughs> I feel like yeah I always like to kind of share my thoughts on beauty counter but it's only until you really like do it and try it yourself sometimes that you like get it and it clicks because yeah there's a lot of people who do beauty counter especially in our space and I never like we're the same I never want to come off as being salesy because I just that's not who I feel comfortable being. <laughs> but I think you guys know that we just give you, like, our honest opinions. There's, like, some things that we don't like, and we'll tell you what those are, you know? So <laughs> not everybody is going to love everything, and that goes for, like, any product. But there, I don't know. Like, we were just kind of talking about some of the, like – I guess, controversial things that come up if it's like, okay, well, what if this ingredient isn't perfect? It's like, yeah, beauty counter is not going to claim to be like farm to table or like farm to cosmetic. It's not going to be like everything that you could eat and put in your mouth. And that's not what their, their mission is. Their mission is to be safer. And even the stuff that is questionable, they use like very specific percentages of what is actually safe. So they're like Chelsea said, like really a transparent company and they're they're changing like government laws like that is huge and they're a b-corp so if you don't know what a b-corp is but just giving back um there's not many companies that are b-corps so i don't know i just really love what they stand for i love all their products because they actually work like there's some products that i've tried we were talking about one specifically i guess we could say what it is but i mean coco kind is a great company and i love i do like a lot of their products but you know some of the stuff just doesn't work for me like their blush Kind of thing like if you put it on your cheeks like it will actually like pill <laughs> It's like that just i love that there's all clean things in there but at the same time i'm gonna need this to work so yeah
1: anyways. and i love i i've been using coco kind's matcha stick as simply just a lip balm and that's kind of my go-to and i don't plan on stopping using that i also use another safer beauty brand called lily lolo which i've used their mascara i've used their bronzer um, I get a lot of stuff at Credo. I'm still going to stick to that essential oil-free oil cleanser by Marie Veronique that I talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing people don't understand too. Like just because we're joining Beauty Counter and talking more about their products. And the reason I'm talking so much more about them now is because when I joined as a consultant, I got a ton of products so that I could educate myself to properly help others with what you know what products may be helpful and beneficial for them so it wouldn't make sense for me not to get a bunch of products and test them out because then I wouldn't really have that information to share with others so that's why like I'm using more of it now because I have more of it now mm-hmm. and but that doesn't mean that I'm not still going to use other stuff or try other stuff or don't think that other brands are also awesome so people just need to keep an open mind to that as well um, yeah. Everyone's going to have their opinions and stuff. But at the end of the day, it's really exciting to be part of a company that has such a strong, like, voice and mission. And it, it's and also, too, to be part of a team. So I'm with you and with Tessa, mm-hmm. who you guys would have heard who's bounced to a T on um, one of our interview episodes probably, like, two months ago at this point about um, pregnancy and preconception and all the things. And she is so smart and so knowledgeable, and I'm loving learning from her and just, like, it's fun to be a part of, like, a woman empowerment team company and team and stuff too.
0: Yeah. All the people that I have underneath me now are all nutritionists. Literally every single person has a nutrition background or they're an NTP or some type of like bigger why. And the reason is because we talk about it all the time. So it only makes sense to be a resource to clients to say, or just anybody, you know, oh, well, clean beauty, that's great. Like, do you have an example or do you have something that I would like? Oh, actually I do. But same. I mean, I love 100% Pure. I love Fatco. There's a lot of different stuff that I use, but I just, I always kind of come back to my favorites and a lot of my favorites just happen to be beauty counter. (laughs) And then the other thing too that I will say is... um, in terms of it being an MLM, because that's like a question that I think people ask us all the time. is like, well, it's an MLM, so I just don't really like support it. And it's like, it's actually not considered an MLM. It's direct sales. Um, And you can, yes, so like you typically buy through a consultant, but you can just go onto Beauty Counter's website and buy anything not through a consultant. So it really is just a website that hosts just products and they're doing pop-ups too. So actually I think the next one is coming to the Grove. Did you see that email? Actually, yes. And I'm hoping I, I
1: went, because it was in December. <laughs> I need to look into that. I think okay. it's in December. And thank you for reminding me, because I was like, I absolutely have to go, especially now that I'm part of the team. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so what I, I want to say to that, too, is it is the exact same thing as going to Nordstrom. Like, if you go to Nordstrom and you go shop, like if you buy, buy jeans or something, which I've always bought, I bought lots of jeans over the years from so Nordstrom. And you get to the counter, and you say, you know, the person checking you out says, "Who did anyone help you today?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, Jasmine helped me. She's actually going to get a commission from helping you, not just for nothing, because she actually supported you and maybe figuring out the right size or the right style or the right brand." And what we're doing with Beauty Counter, I would say, is actually <laughs> better than helping someone pick out jeans. Yeah, but it it's actually the same kind of. It's the same kind of thing. Like I went to Madeball the other day um cuz i was getting stuff for my photo shoot i got a bunch of great stuff by the way if you guys are looking for really comfortable high waisted good fitting jeans like they're actually i need to look more into it but i believe they're now stretching the sizes that they offer um way beyond size 12 and like they just have a much more variety and i just felt so i felt really good there anyways their I stuff fits awesome pair.
0: Like, unfortunately, right before, yes, but right before I got pregnant, so, like, within a few weeks, Mm. they didn't fit, but, well, (laughs) the week and a half or so that I got to wear them, they are amazing. They're so comfortable. I'm obsessed. I also got really cute
1: sweaters and stuff long story short i didn't even know this woman was being so helpful i'm grateful for when someone's gonna help me she helped me like i needed to go down a size and a few like blouses and stuff and they actually fit me right where i would have ended up buying something bigger and just gave her opinion and she was grabbing me stuff and i got to the checkout and they said did anyone help you and i said oh yeah i forget her name at this point but um i said you know yeah so and so helped me and so i know she's gonna get commission for that and i'm grateful and I'm happy that she's going to get commission because she helped me. So if someone's like, I have dry skin or I have eczema or psoriasis or something like that, or I'm just looking for a good mascara or a good foundation, it's like we actually invest in time to educate ourselves. Like I'm saying, like I'm trying out all these different products right now so I can provide good information to people that may ask me questions versus if you just go on the website and you search around, you may buy the wrong product or the wrong um, line you know for your type of skin type or your type of skin condition or different shades and stuff like it's there's a reason there's a consultant there so people just need to accept the fact that it's not this like scary dangerous thing like it's
0: yeah it's, it's a not properly like MLM built company like, yeah yeah it's just it's totally different and once you're a part of it you get that very very quickly <laughs> yeah so if you guys have any questions about beauty counter um please reach out Love yeah, it. and this was not meant to be, like, yeah, buy
1: a beauty counter. It's just I am excited that I'm joining, and I'm, I am i am going to – I'm sure you guys have already seen me talk on Instagram about it a lot. I'm loving the makeup, like, very, very obsessed. Okay. Yeah,
0: that's how we started because I was like, you're so fancy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you look so pretty. I feel okay. good. Yeah, and when you work from home, it feels good to, like, do your makeup and do your hair, and yes, I'm still wearing sweatpants, but <laughs> – doesn't matter. looks good. No one can see. <laughs> All right, so switching gears a little bit, we yes. are going to chat today about some questions that we got. We asked on Instagram for some questions from you guys about now that it's the new year, dieting, weight, you know, being healthy, new habits, that kind of stuff. And we got a little bit of a variety of just some simple questions. So let's dive in. The first question today is how do you stop turning to foods when you're sad or stressed? I'm sure this is something so many people can relate to. So what I would say to that is my approach is very preventative and proactive. So if feeling sad and stressed is a pattern for you, then it's really about looking at why that's happening in the first place and getting to the root of the issue. So some of the things that could be going on, it could be your job and your career, it could be your relationships, so friendships, you know, intimate relationship, family, anything where you live, how you spend your time, or it could be something more physically off, something like your sleep routine or what you're eating or not eating or even movement and exercise. So getting to the bottom of it, um, because what you don't want to happen with that is just kind of willpower your way through it. So a lot of people would give the advice, oh, when you're sad or stressed and you feel like you want to turn to food, like go drink some water, or go brush your teeth, or go like, you know, leave the room or something. And I think some sometimes those things can help because sometimes it does just take kind of switching your environment or or you know just taking care of yourself on some level and getting in a little self-care but at the end of the day you don't want to distract yourself from those emotions because they're there for a reason so if you're feeling sad or stressed those are out of balance emotions that you do want to eventually target and work through because if you're currently using food to supplement those uncomfortable feelings, feeling sad and stressed, then it could easily just turn to something else, whether that's drinking or, I don't know, some other sort of vice or something that's not necessarily productive for you, and that's not really fixing the issue. And then while you are working on really getting to the root of the issue, because obviously that's not tangible, it's going to take time for you to, to navigate through that process, what you can do is you know, turning back to nutrition, I would say make sure you're starting every single day with the intention to nourish yourself. So real uh, satiating food. So making sure that, you know, you're getting in protein, you're getting in fat, you're getting in fiber, you're getting in vitamins and minerals, like all these micronutrients and stuff. Because when we feel good and we feel full and we're getting in all that proper nutrition, that's going to not only help to turn off hunger hormones and keep everything more balanced and balance out your hormones and everything, but it's also going to support your gut, which is going to then support your brain. And so that's then going to support those feelings of like being down or being anxious or being stressed. It's just going to help you feel a little bit more even keeled. And then you're going to ultimately feel a lot less inclined to turn to food. Um, The other thing is too, if you eat a lot of processed food or if you're skipping meals, like a lot of people don't eat breakfast, And then wonder why at the end of the day when they get home and they are maybe sad or stressed or dealing with some other uncomfortable emotion, (coughs) they're turning to food. Well, it's like, well, of course, because you didn't start the day off. You started from like a deficit and it's hard at that point to then catch yourself back up as far as feeling like nourished and safe and like working with your body. So just making sure, you know, you are focusing on quality, you're focusing on eating every meal of the day, snacking if you need to. And also too, like how quickly are you powering through meals are you not chewing your food are you eating you know at your desk are you eating really in a distracted atmosphere all that stuff's going to come into play at the end of the day when finally it's like all that stuff is gone and then I would also say too be (coughs) really gentle with yourself so I try to give off this vibe that or this message that it's okay to be sad it's okay like it's not this thing that we need to hurry go and like fix right away and make go away it is going to be uncomfortable but if you can kind of sit in that and not label it as bad i don't think you'll be so quick to turn to something to make it go away like food so the more that you just let it be the sooner you'll actually have less it'll have less of a hold over you and it'll move through you so I remember so many, like many, many years ago when I would feel really sad or feel really depressed, I would fight it so hard and I would beat up on myself and I would think, what's wrong with me? Why am I feeling this way? Why am I this way? No one else is dealing with this. And then I would end up just still being sad and depressed and down for days instead of what I do now when I feel sad is I just simply let it be. It is what it is. Okay, maybe I had a bad day, maybe something happened. Let me just, like, let it go and, and not judge it and not put a label on it. And then very quickly, I kind of can bounce out of it. It's really cool to have seen this, like, transformation I've gone through with that. And then for feeling stressed, I think just doing something that you enjoy. So if that's, like, listening to a podcast or cooking or watching a funny show or doing your nails or a face mask or something to kind of take your take care of yourself and get back in alignment with taking care of yourself, I think that'll help shift away from just wanting to check out with food because that's really what we're doing when we turn to food when we're sad or stressed. It's checking out instead of like participating in your life. So just do something where you're actually like, present and you're taking in that moment. Um, so yeah, ultimately getting to the root of it and not not trying to fix it, I think would help you the most.
0: Absolutely. I would say the same thing maybe with a few other little twists but I mean yeah look at what you need and what you want out of it like what so if you are feeling depressed about something or like something happened like what do you want out of that situation to make it better okay so maybe you decide that well it doesn't matter I just really want to feel better and I'm going to do it really quickly then you're automatically going to like look at that quick fix and that's where you're going to turn to something like food because that's just like automatic you just like open the pantry open the fridge and then all of a sudden maybe you feel a little bit better but also remind yourself of like how long that's going to make you feel good it's probably only going to make you feel good for like 10 to 15 minutes whereas whatever happened and whatever you're depressed about was probably like a big enough thing maybe it was like the accumulation of a few days of events or something really like huge, like a relationship ending or something. Like that was a big culmination. Like there's no way if you just put it into perspective that you're going to feel better in 10 minutes or 20 minutes. Like it's just not possible. (laughs) So kind of like understand and like realize what you're doing is maybe just a Band-Aid because I think once you realize it, you're maybe less likely to do it at the same time. Um, And if you're like, well, say it was a relationship ending, like what I really want out of it is, to be with this person again or be with a different person or whatever it's like okay well if that's the case that's what i really want is eating a bag of whatever really going to get me to like being with somebody or finding a different person no it's not even the same platform so what's going to make you feel better is you know maybe getting up and going for a walk or going to the gym or putting yourself in a different situation to where you have the opportunity to get what you want out of it so I think if you just kind of go back to what Chelsea said too and like look at the why and what you want out of the situation that's going to help you get to a better place and recognizing that whatever food um or you know quick thing it's not going to get you there and you can even say that to yourself out loud like this is not going to help me get to what I really need it's just going to help me for 20 minutes and then you're maybe going to feel bad about it or and maybe you don't feel bad about it and that's really just what you needed because I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily to turn to food if like that's gonna just kind of like if you're the kind of person you're like no I just really need to give this to myself and then I'm gonna be just fine and move on and if you never come back to it or feel guilty or whatever then maybe that is what you needed you maybe needed that cupcake and then you're like literally gonna have the best day ever so like maybe that's okay too like you shouldn't feel guilty just know that it might not solve your problem Um, and then I think too the other thing that I find really helpful is um kind of finding like a better healthier replacement at least that's like a good place to start so if you're craving something like whenever you're sad or depressed or something you crave sweets okay you know that about yourself maybe that's fine for now what can you like make or what can you find that is still sweet but it's like a healthier version so you're still looking at good quality ingredients you're sticking to what you know about whole foods maybe you decide to make a box of simple mills chocolate muffins okay so fine that's like a very different approach versus like going down the street to like buy a piece of cake or whatever it is so like always try and swap things for healthier I think that's a really good place to start because then at least you're still putting good healthy nutrients in your body but you know maybe you're still honoring some of the things that you're feeling because I don't think it's necessary to just completely shut down and ignore the way you're feeling either but there's always going to be a healthier replacement so see what that is um and then also to looking at like deeper at the cravings, because there's a lot of things that can mean something, whether that's mentally or physically, like if you crave chocolate all the time, then maybe you're deficient in magnesium, or if you're like totally craving sweets first thing in the morning, maybe your blood sugar is a little bit too low. So all these things can kind of like give you information about yourself. So I would try and kind of recognize the patterns because once you recognize the patterns, then you can address maybe it is more of a physical thing. Maybe your mind isn't going crazy and you really are craving these things for like a very specific reason because you haven't eaten enough protein that day. So, you know, there's lots of different ways you can look at it, but I think your body is a very, very interesting uh, vessel to provide you with information and don't always ignore it. Listen to it and go from there because that's how you're going to figure out what the root cause is and that's how you're going to figure out how to not go down this like spiraling path again. So, one example that I was kind of thinking of is I definitely was like that roller coaster person of like I would be super, super healthy, like literally tuck nothing that was unhealthy and then just go off the deep end and eat everything that was unhealthy. And I realized when I really thought about it like why was I doing that it all came back to kind of like going out and drinking (laughs) like anytime we would like go out or like if I drank too much and felt like crap the next day like those were the times when I was like oh I just want like bread or I just want like pizza or I just want like whatever and I was able to recognize that pattern and I was like look every time like I give in to something else unhealthy, it just like spirals me into keep going into like more of an unhealthy pattern. So if I stop that trigger and say, instead of like, you know, drinking more than I should, if I have just like one glass of wine or maybe two, then my habits the next day are going to be like 10 times healthier than they would have if I felt like crap. So like, that's just my personal experience with it. But that I really realized, I mean, amongst a lot of other things of like if I just cut back on like alcohol a little bit I think a lot of different things are going to get better here um I would be able to get up and go to the gym I would have the rest of the healthy day to kind of be motivated and if I didn't do those things and I kind of like screwed it up the night before I feel like it was just a whole like different downward spiral that I just couldn't get out of so that was for me like very eye-opening to be like oh man this makes a lot of sense you know like I'd be super healthy during the week And a lot of the weekends, it was like that was when I was failing. But I think my trigger was not feeling as healthy and just being like slightly hungover. And, you know, when you're young, you're going to do that. And that's fine. Like live your life, you know, have fun, do whatever, be healthy enough. But (laughs) I don't want to tell you not to go out and do stuff like that. However, if you recognize that in yourself like I did, that was what ultimately helped me figure out how to get out of it because I was realizing how I was getting in it. And that's like the main thing. Figure out yourself.
1: Yeah, discovering those ahas is so powerful. And like you said, it's going to be different for everyone. And I touched on this a little bit in my soul episode about how to stop binge eating and how – and I kind of think the same thing It, it – it is the same thing for cravings where it's going to be mental, emotional, or physical or a combination of all three or a combination of two of the three. So that's where you have to give yourself the grace to figure that out and not just identify as like, oh, I have this problem that I need to fix and that, that, like I said, the answer is not just to to willpower your way through it or the worst piece of advice you could get when you would tell someone, oh, I'm eating when I'm stressed or sad is just stop doing it (laughs) because it's so much more complex for that. But like it could just be, yeah, maybe you're getting really poor quality sleep or yeah, maybe you're drinking too much the night before or maybe it is a you know, a mineral or vitamin deficiency or something. Or maybe it is this, like, deeper emotional thing that you need to actually pay attention to and listen to and work through. So it's really about finding out what it is for you, but don't let anyone ever minimize what you're going through is just like, oh, yeah, everyone deals with that. Or, yeah, a lot of people do deal with that, but you don't have to deal with that, and you can get to the bottom of it, and it can be a lot better. But you have to do the work to kind of get to the bottom of it and understand your triggers and understand where it's coming from for you and what the root is and what the why is and all that good stuff. (laughs) Yes. Cool. Next question. Other things to focus on besides weight. So we actually just, well, again, this will be a couple weeks ago when you guys hear this, but we posted a quote on our podcast Instagram to focus on your health and not your weight. And I talk about this, obviously, all the time in my messaging but I think a lot of people wonder, well, what does that mean? Because the only marker that I've understood is, has been weight or my size or, yeah, the number on the scale. So I think it's important to go over, yeah, other markers of health besides weight or just things to focus on besides weight. So right off the bat, I think Allie and I are, would agree with this one, but um, mm-hmm. digestion. <laughs> so going the bathroom every day, like, it's so funny, I remember... For so many years I've dealt with being constipated, <laughs> like when I was in college in my early 20s. And I remember like Googling it or something and it was like, it's normal to go three times a day or every three days. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm fine. Like I'm going every three days, like not a big deal. That's not actually normal. You should definitely be going every day. You can sometimes have a one-off day and maybe you're traveling or maybe you're stressed or you didn't give yourself time to go and you certainly can't beat yourself up about that. But I would say if your body's functioning properly and you are, you know, at optimal health, you're going to be going to the bathroom because what that means is you're going to be detoxing out toxins and not recirculating that stuff and your gut health is working properly and your hormones are balanced and all that stuff. So that's going to be a really good marker. And I think when our digestion's working, we feel really good in our bodies. I know when I don't go to the bathroom, I feel actually can tell I feel really depressed and really down and I know now because of the connection between the gut and the brain um but yeah you're you when you feel like bloated or sluggish or kind of toxic like you're not going to feel good in your body and you might feel like you've like gained weight or that you're bigger or something when it's really
0: not true it's just that your digestion's kind of sluggish so the other thing to recognize too is the way that you digest certain foods can be an indicator too of your digestion so maybe you do go every day however whenever you eat um like fat for example you feel kind of nauseous like those are all little indicators and i would say you're not you know no one who is like maybe not a nutritionist or in this field they're not you're not going to know well, what does that mean? <laughs> but we know if you ask somebody, or you could ask us, like that's typically indic- indicative of like a sluggish gallbladder, or there could be stagnation in the liver. Like if you wake up every day feeling like kind of nauseous, but you definitely know that you're not pregnant, then that could be some liver congestion. So there's a lot of other things too that you can kind of look at in terms of digestion in the way that you react to foods. So, I mean, if it's something like dairy and you just know you don't handle dairy well, like that's not saying anything is wrong with you you just literally might not be able to handle or digest lactose or casein or something like that but um i think the two things that kind of stuck out to me cuz that actually came up recently was um i have you know a few a few people that i'm working with that nausea first thing in the morning is like very you know it's i think it's pretty common um although it just it shouldn't be normal you know so don't ignore it but that typically can have to do with you know some liver stuff or the feeling nauseous um, after eating fats or something like that, That that's just indicative of like something's up with your digestion. So don't ignore it and look into it. But yeah, that was my, my two cents.
1: <laughs> yeah. Interesting too, that you bring up the liver congestion or even just, yeah, like more of a stagnant liver, or just something being off with your liver health. That can also bring me to my next topic, which is sleep mm-hmm. being a good marker of health. Um, if you wake up, This is kind of a Chinese medicine thing because my acupuncturist always talks to me about this and I've now passed this along to my clients because I've seen a few people have this issue. Difficulty staying asleep or waking up specifically at like early hours, like between, I think like, I think it's like two to four. If you wake up around those hours, it can usually indicate some liver stuff. So if you have a hard time falling asleep or a hard time staying asleep, um, you know, you could say, too, if you wake up feeling really, really sluggish and not rested. Although, to be honest, I don't think most people wake up feeling totally energized and, like, raring to go. Some people do. But I think if you still have a hard time kind of getting out of bed, that doesn't necessarily mean you're unhealthy.
0: No, you might just um, have a really comfortable bed and where you live is really yeah. like cold.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no one wants to get out of bed.
1: Yeah. But do you see that at all with people? Probably, right? They wake up in kind of those middle of the night hours.
0: Yeah. And the reason why it has to do with liver is because it has to do with blood sugar. And because your liver is really important in managing your blood sugar as well. So if your blood sugar gets too low, then a lot of times that can wake people up. Because if your blood sugar is too low, it's your liver's job to basically get out or produce, kind of like provide the body with the stored um, blood sugar that's within the liver. Yeah, glycogen, Glycogen. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. There's all these different, there's like, I forget, glyconeogenesis, (laughs) all these different processes. But it's the liver's job to store excess sugar sometimes. So when it is in a deficit, it can kind of produce it and be like, hey, here you go. But managing your blood sugar would be my first kind of like, is that an issue if you're waking up too early? And then what to do from there. There's a million things, so I don't want to get into that because it, yeah. it all depends on everybody's, you know, specific situation. Um, but also with, two, like getting out of bed or feeling like I cannot get out of bed, and if it really takes you like two hours to wake up and you have to have like two cups of coffee before you're feeling alive, like that could be an issue with the way that your cortisol is imbalanced you could be adrenals because you want to have high cortisol in the morning because that's what like gets you up it's your stress hormone but in a good way so your cortisol wants to be higher in the morning and lower at night and so if you have too high or too low of cortisol in the morning your body's not going to want to wake up and maybe if it's too high at night you're not going to be able to go to bed but then again, blood sugar can also play a role within cortisol. So, But the, the body is so connected, that's the thing. As we've mentioned, liver, blood sugar, and cortisol and adrenals all within like a few different options of systems, and it's really just how to get those all in balance. Mm-hmm. And also then that brings us to the next one, which is energy. So like you said,
1: with cortisol, that's our quote-unquote stress hormone that isn't inherently bad. It's actually going to help. That's what wakes us up in the morning, and then you hope that it's going to be a, a steady um. Curve downwards throughout the rest of the day, and then that allows you to have melatonin, your sleep hormone, kick in at night. And that, for a lot of people, that you know, that slope is often dysregulated, and that's when you know you can feel you know too sluggish and too fatigued, too lethargic, or you can be like you know shaky and and not unable to focus, and even like wired and tired. There's so many different kind of combinations of what could be going wrong with your energy, like symptom related, um, but the goal, and that brings me back to blood sugar, um, which I feel like is just the best place to start really with anything you'd have going on is make sure your blood sugar is balanced. As you guys can see, it plays into so many different bodily functions, right? Um, but with your energy, you want to make sure that you're feeling sustained. So that goes back to what you're eating and making sure you feel full and you feel satiated and you're having nutrient-dense foods and that you're never getting to the place where you're like hangry or... Um, yeah, shaky, irritable, or your energy is is spiking and dipping, and it's like these highs and these lows. And that's what's going to happen if you're eating a lot of processed food and excess sugar and just kind of like a a low-quality diet. You're going to have like a spike with coffee and then like a spike with a muffin and then a hard dip. And it's just this roller coaster. You want your energy to feel just like, you know, sustained and a little higher in the morning and then gradually going down so that you can start winding down and rest at night. Um... So there's a lot more to that, but that's a good marker of, of health. Is is where's your energy levels?
0: Um, where your energies energy levels at during the day? Mm-hmm. And two, another thing to look at like with energy is maybe your blood sugar is in balance, yet you're just one of those people that kind of has like an off schedule with what you do for work, um, and so maybe you don't have to get up super early. Um, you kind of like have a slower morning but then you really like cannot shut down at night because you're working until 10 o'clock or maybe you go to the gym super late at night. So maybe your blood sugar is kind of okay in terms of what you're eating because you do have a pretty good balanced diet, but lifestyle things and habits can also totally kind of disrupt that cortisol cycle. So just being mindful of like where you put your energy and what time of the day, like don't plan to do things that are like, Super energetic, like right before bed, or like if you're a person that kind of can stress out, like maybe don't plan your calendar for the next day at night (laughs) or don't look at it because then maybe you're just like getting yourself super wound up, being like, Oh my god, I have this all this stuff to do tomorrow and I don't have time, and then before you go to bed, you're just like literally thinking about all of that, like that can keep you up at night too. Oh my god, totally,
1: yeah, I usually recommend with that with clients, like journal, not even, like, you don't have to journal like Dear Diary, but just kind of make notes of everything, literally have a brain dump, get it all out of your brain, and then surrender to the fact that you'll deal with that tomorrow, that you're done with worrying about it today, there's nothing that can be done right now, and you'll deal with it tomorrow. So you've got it out, and you know what you're going to do, but you're not going to f- worry about fixing it right now. So that can just be, like, a random helpful tip. Yeah. Um, Mood. Mood is big, like we kind of touched on with the first topic, so you know, like, being sad or really down or depressed or anxious Um, and again like more um, chronically I would say like not acutely where you know of course like if you get a crappy email from someone or something happens in your relationship or you know you don't feel good or something like it's okay to be sad or down and that doesn't necessarily mean there's an issue but if it's been happening for quite a while and a long time and consistently and you don't really have you can't really pinpoint where it's coming from, then you need to be able to start pinpointing where it's coming from so you can work out of that state and, and start taking care of yourself and feeling a lot better. Um, but yeah, I would say like mostly anxiety and depression and a lot of people think there's nothing that you can do about that or that's just who you are. That's I just remember being like, I'll always be anxious, I'll always be depressed, it's just who I am and I still have my moments of feeling those things like for sure but I have come such a far away and I really credit it to my mindset work my lifestyle finding fulfillment and passion in what I do having a healthy relationship that's very even in 50 50 working on my other relationships and then my nutrition and like my overall health and I still have health issues like I'm still dealing with a chronic illness like <laughs> No big deal. But overall, <laughs> it's just I have to laugh because it's like I, I I always say like I feel the best I've ever felt. At the same time, though, I have a chronic health issue, but a, like acutely I used to feel worse, I guess. I don't know if that makes any sense. But I yeah, just like my blood sense. sugar feels balanced and my mood feels balanced and my gut health is better and all this stuff. So my point in listing out all those things was like there's absolutely hope. And you just have to decide, like, to start working through that stuff and that you're worthy of working through that stuff and, like, getting to the bottom. Because no one deserves to feel anxious and depressed all Mm -hmm. the time. If something horrible has happened to you, like a tragedy, then that's a different situation. Like, you cannot force yourself out of that place. And that's horrible and that's really difficult to deal with. But I'm talking about people who just feel, like, down or depressed or just feel really anxious all the time and think there's nothing that they can do about it and there absolutely is but it's all those factors that i just mentioned that you have to start paying attention to
0: yeah and also hormones you could be greatly impacted by your hormones and just think well it's the it's i have this like mood stuff that happens or there's a, a hand I mean I don't even know percentage wise I would love to take a poll but like how many women feel a week before their period maybe like super anxious super moody you know that's your hormones like that's okay for it to happen a little bit but we're so like groomed to think that you should have like an awful period and feel absolutely terrible for like two weeks that it's kind of just become normal and it's not normal at all Um, if you guys don't follow uh dr jolene brighton she's kind of like hormone queen um she's amazing as a resource to to follow her to listen to her on any she's been on a, a different a bunch of different podcasts but um she always says like this is not normal like we're not supposed to feel this way and so many different times like when we identify like what is the actual issue um then you're able to like actually have like a pretty smooth cycle to where you're like I just thought this was how it was always supposed to be it's like no 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 maybe it's liver maybe we need to work on liver health maybe you have extra estrogen maybe it's blood sugar you know maybe it's just your digestive system because if you think about the way your body detoxes yes your liver is like your cleansing organ but so is like pooping you know like if you're constipated and having terrible mood issues and also terrible periods like that's always that's gonna play a role for sure you're not getting rid of stuff so there's like a lot of different things you know that come into play with that but just on top of the mood thing that I wanted to add is if you have terrible moody cycles or you just notice at certain parts of the month you're just like, you hate yourself even. You're just like, I don't know why this happens to me and it's like out-of-body experience. Like, don't ignore it because it's your hormones not working for you. (laughs) They're working against you and there needs to be some some work done. Yeah.
1: Um, The next thing I would say would be your mindset and I feel like people... This is the last place that people look because it doesn't, for some reason, it doesn't seem like it could be categorized as a, a good marker of health. Um, but going back to like anyone who is a dieter or, um, you know, has had the desire to lose weight or change their body or any of that kind of stuff, a healthy mindset is going to be someone who shows themselves grace and compassion and forgiveness and not punishment and not putting a bunch of rules and restriction. Like that's actually a really good marker of your health where you can actually wake up every day and decide i'm gonna take care of myself no matter what and i'm not gonna force myself to do anything i'm not gonna punish myself i'm not gonna really restrict myself i mean that shows that you have a good relationship with your health you have a good relationship with your body and that's a really really important thing to always take account of and take you know into consideration because if your mindset is in the gutter like you hate yourself and you're super negative and you play the victim, which I used to do all the time and always think, why me? And why are things happening to me? That's not healthy either. If you can, you know, feel balanced and feel positive and grateful, like that's going to show that you're a healthier person. So like looking at that side of things too is really important. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. The last one is stress. Um, I don't really have too much more to add to the mindset I think you nailed it. Um, the stress, the stress, stress, everybody's stressed, right? (laughs) On some level. Yeah. Um, But I think it it matters how you perceive stress and how you deal with stress. And stress, I will tell you over and over again, hands down, the number one thing that can derail any type of digestion, sleep, energy, mood, mindset. So it's almost like we should have put that at the top of the list. But (laughs) stress (laughs) is like you could eat perfectly you could have the best relationship you could have just picture perfect life if you stress constantly it's just it's just going to basically blow everything up i mean you have to figure out and that's like a very deep like oh just figure out your stress like no that's not an answer I know that but figure out why you're stressing how do you take care of it what is putting a stress on your body is it over exercising is it work- wor- working too much is it worrying about other people or things you can't control like trying to just get to the root of it and trying to figure out how you are going to best deal with it maybe that's seeing a therapist maybe that's you know whatever it is for you but if you know that stress plays a really big life or really big role in your life then I'd say that's your number one to figure out, because no matter what you do, it's always going to kind of trump and like derail everything else that you're working on.
1: And you can't ignore stress, and you may think that you can, but that's where we see people developing major health issues. Like, go, 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 go. I think that was both you and I's story with our specific, you know, kind of health crises, like, Mm -hmm. a couple years ago. It's like, ignore, 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 everything's fine, and pushing through, I'm, you know, doing all the things, and then it's, like, all of a sudden you hit this roadblock that you cannot ignore, and you ha- you're you forced then to deal with it from already a place of now feeling like you have this huge thing that you have to work through instead of just being more, like I said, preventative and proactive and, like, carving out time to actually work through this and and give yourself some, you know, good like mindset stuff and, and self care and all that stuff like you just you have to get ahead of it I would say stress is like the ultimate trigger for everyone who has chronic health issues pain autoimmunity like injury everything it all goes back to stress so don't let yourself get to that point like work on it now
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay should we keep going I was like should we try to put this into like part one and part two <laughs> I guess we could I mean, I was it's thinking perhaps we could finish off with the last question because it kind of – Okay. Should we do that and then we'll save one the other more. two for next
0: week? Yeah. Okay. Let's do one more.
1: Okay. Because I get... do have some thoughts Do you want to do that
0: one. one? How do you get started in that one? Oh, I was going <laughs> to do the specific macro copy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that one. <laughs> <laughs> going in order of the document.
1: Okay. Sorry. I was going to say, do you want to do the last one
0: let's on do the
1: document? Okay. Let's we'll do this one. one. We're not because what edit I was out, you
0: guys can see this behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason why is because I was gonna bring it up actually in um, kind of the digestion and when I was talking about fats and all that kind of stuff. Because what you put into your body, hands down, will impact your digestion, your sleep, your energy, your mood, your mindset, and your stress. So okay. let's do. It. Okay, so I'll, I'll ask. You'll start. You'll answer this one. So okay. the question was: Should you eat a specific macro combination? And the answer is is yes and no. Yes, because it might help you, and no, because there's not a specific combination for everybody that's going to be the same. So it's a yes and no question, really. (laughs) But like I said, everything that you put in your body is going to affect all of the things that we just talked about. Um, So especially, um, let's see, for digestion, like we talked about, you know, maybe you're having an issue digesting a lot of fat. So that's something that maybe you want to adjust in your macro. Um, And your macros, when we talk about that, it's we're talking about fat, we're talking about protein, and we're talking about carbohydrates. Those are kind of like the three main macros. And then I like to throw in water, not necessarily as a macro, but just as like a Hey, don't forget about that because it's equally as important. Um, But for example, if you're having a hard time digesting fat and you know like, hey, I actually feel really crappy when I eat a lot of high-fat foods, um, or you know that you genetically are more of like an absorber or you hold um, genetic uh, properties that make you kind of more susceptible to high LDL cholesterol, then maybe like a super high-fat keto diet is not going to be super great for you. And I know I want to kind of touch on this just briefly, I guess, that the whole myth of like no, you know, like no eating a lot of fat is not going to cause um, like heart disease and super high cholesterol and you know the fear of fat like that is still very very much true. However, I'm I'm realizing and learning a lot in the clinical practice um, that. A lot of people are, their cholesterol is greatly affected by how much quality and how much quantity fat they're eating depending on your genetics. So if you hold certain markers, which you can get this tested, you just have to ask for like an actual lipid panel that does genetics as well. So Salvio does one, um, Boston Heart does one, it just depends, those are just the labs that run these, but you would have to work with someone to figure out how to do that. And we can do that as well. So if that's something you're interested, Chelsea and I kind of work with some things there. So anyways, I have noticed a lot, like people who are perfectly healthy but have a higher rate of maybe absorbing fat or they hold certain genetic markers, they'll do keto for a few weeks or even like a few months and their LDL will go up. And it's like, I never really thought that it would because I was like, fat doesn't affect cholesterol, fat doesn't cause heart disease, that's all a big myth. And while I think that's still true, I do, I do think that it can kind of affect you in some way if you're not a person that handles fat like you should, I guess is what I'm saying. So that's one thing to just keep in mind. And the other thing to keep in mind is how you feel too. Because if you don't feel well eating that way, then don't do it. And your ratio is going to be much different than someone else who's like, actually, I feel awesome when I eat a higher fat diet. I know that it doesn't affect my numbers on my, you know, cholesterol panel, and this works for me. So that's something to consider. And then also energy and sleep and all that, like mood. Our brains need a lot of protein. They need a lot of fat. And for hormones, like women need a lot of carbs. But again, there's not really an answer for everybody. I like to start kind of with like the platform of 40, 30, 30, 40 carbs, 30 fat, and 30 protein. And from there, I really kind of like adjust it to different people. So if I was working with you and we were trying to balance your hormones, I actually might say, well, I, actually, I think that maybe 40% should be fat, 30% should be protein, and maybe 30% should be carbs. Or because, like I said, women do need carbs, maybe we try the 40 carbs and then the rest are fat and protein or if you're constantly feeling tired or you just like don't have enough energy, maybe that's a reason why you could do a better higher fat. If you're an athlete, if you work out a lot, then maybe your 40 number is going to be the protein, whereas the 30 is fat, the 30 is carbohydrate. If you're working on blood sugar, you're probably not going to want the 40 to be the carbohydrate number. You're probably going to want that to be the 30 number. And that's like, these are just generics. Like you might be better on like, 20% carbs. I don't know. (laughs) It really depends on how you feel and everything that's going on with you, but I think if you're kind of just a generic like healthy person looking to kind of eat a certain way and just trying to get an idea of like how much you should be eating, I think doing the 40-30-30 is a good way to kind of categorize yourself if you feel the need to do that, starting with the 40% carbs, 30 protein, 30 fat. I personally don't manage this at all in myself like I have no idea what my number looks like I don't know if I'm a 40 30 30 I would say I probably eat a typical maybe higher fat higher protein lower carb diet and that's just kind of how I feel best but it's not something that I ever measure out myself which I don't think you need to you don't need to know what your macro combinations are if you're just focusing on eating healthy or getting a variety of foods if your digestion is great so And some people, it's kind of irrelevant, to be honest. I don't think you really need to track it as long as you're getting a good diversity. Like, how much fermented food are you getting? How much, you know, color are you getting on your plate? So there's a time and a place for counting it. And depending on what you're working on, it can be important. But at the same time, sometimes I think it's not important at all.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think we talked about this in the episode where we talked about different diets. And we talked about IIFYM, if it fits your macros, where I think, like keto and some other things going on right now, that's a really, really big, I guess I could say, trend, even though I know that it works for a lot of people, so no one get mad at me. But I think with macro counting, again, like it really just takes into consideration protein, fat, and carbs. It doesn't necessarily take into consideration the quality or the vitamins and minerals or, you know, again, like quality, it doesn't mean that you're getting grass-fed, it doesn't mean that you're getting wild, it doesn't mean that you're getting organic over non-organic. You know what I mean? And I just think, again, those are such more important things to measure versus just your specific macro combination. And at the end of the day, everyone is so different. So should you eat a specific macro combination? Just even hearing, like, should and specific for me is, like, triggering to, like, well, you know, if you feel like you should even be doing that at all, that's probably the wrong thing for you. Um, You know, you have to allow it to be different. So whether this is a specific calorie count or macro count or any kind of breakdown in that way over the uh, quantity of food that you're eating, that just sets you up to feel kind of kept in a box. Because say one day you want to eat more carbs, but you've tracked all your carbs for the day and your macro counter and you don't have any carbs left, but you're wanting carbs and you can feel your body needing them and desiring them or you need the fiber or your digestion's off or you're you know want to soothe your adrenals whatever you want to do with carbs but you can't have them because you're over your macros for the day then that's going to lead to like restriction and that can then lead to binging and then guilt and shame and the whole cycle and then you want to get back on track by counting your macros perfectly the next day and it's the whole situation over and over again right so same thing with that you know if you've eating too much fat or not enough fat. It's just you're putting your body into this like calculated state and like I've talked about before, that just gets you so far away from your own intuition and especially with it being the new year, I want everyone to start listening to their body and you can't listen to your body if you're tracking everything and letting that determine how much you're eating or not eating. You know what I mean? So I certainly think that macros are a little bit better than just simply counting calories You know, because then you are being a little bit more mindful of making sure you get in all three macronutrients. um, Because I think they all play a very important role in the diet. But it still, you know, rules and it can be very rigid. And it doesn't take into consideration your sleep, your hormones, your digestion. It's just like mostly with, because I actually tracked my macros briefly maybe like two years ago. Didn't do it for long because it like triggered all you know my old disordered eating stuff but I was kind of just curious where I was at and um oh my gosh I just the thought of I, I, the point I was gonna make just flew out of my head um I can't remember literally just flew out of my head anyway
0: <laughs> well that you tracked it and it probably didn't make much of a difference I'm assuming mm. I can't remember okay. I don't know the reason I've never tracked it is really because it's I don't want to think about food as a job, even though it is my job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't want to think about food as a project or something that really has to, you know, take a lot of consideration and balancing and time. I really want to be able to just eat a really good nutrient-dense whole food diet and feel good. And so I think it depends on how you get there. And if you're, it's like, if it's like almost like if you're a type A person, that the only way you're going to do that is to count them. And then maybe that does work for you. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm not that person at all. And I think you'll know, you'll know who you are to know that like, yeah, I'm trying to achieve something and I actually feel like my brain is clear and I sleep better. If I get, you know, that kind of ratio of protein, it's like, that's fine. Then you should do that if that makes you feel good and you don't go bananas over it (laughs) but I think there's a very fine line between kind of having an idea of where your ratios fall versus actually counting them and being like okay well I can't eat this because I did have this and you know like there's counting and and knowing you'll know after you maybe count it one time like oh this is what that looks like okay cool I could stick to that and that's where I feel best fine but yeah it's the same thing
1: too with like There's all this stuff that disguises itself as having a healthy relationship with food. It's like counting macros or something is all of a sudden supposed to be like less restrictive because it's macros and it's not calories, just like Weight Watchers is points and it's not calories. But at the end of the day, like I think this was actually the point I was going to make. If you enter your information into a macro counter, I think you just simply put in your weight and maybe your height and like... If you want to maintain your weight or lose your weight or something like that and that's in that's the only way that it calculates how many macros you should eat like i said it doesn't take into any consideration your bio individuality and that's what's lacking from 99.9 percent of diets is like it being a personalized approach for you and that's why working with someone is so crucial so you can actually figure out what that is and have the ability to kind of like find out what's working, what's not, troubleshoot things, experiment, trial and error, and all that stuff. And also start addressing your mindset, your stress, your sleep, digestion, hormones, everything. Counting your macros is not going to fix that for you. Um, So it's just, it's, it is very cookie cutter, you know, Um, whatever. And they're also like, if you're not as active, I feel like you don't get to eat as much carbs and stuff. And I've been eating more carbs than ever lately, and I'm doing just fine. And I'm, no more active than I used to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like,
1: yeah, I think we covered it. Cool, okay, so we'll do a part two. We have a few other questions. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. If you would like to submit a question, we would love it. You can email us anytime at podcast at gmail.com or we've made it really easy for you to head on over to our website and click under the Submit a Question tab. Please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. I don't think we hit that 100 reviews by the end of the year but that's okay Okay. um goals, it means
0: Yes. Yeah. what we're Wait, okay i said i said we're a work in progress and oh, we have okay. goals just like everybody else and we yeah. appreciate you guys being here oh yeah quality <laughs> over quantity
1: for sure i'd rather have a dedicated awesome community like you guys than just like great show fun to listen to mm-hmm. okay For more from me, Chelsea, head to nutritionwithchelsea.com and follow me over on Instagram at nutritionwithchelsea. For more from Allie, head to barefoodnutrition.com and follow her at barefoodnutrition. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.